every single parent that has a, a human child has a thermometer. This is just not even a question. And so we started saying, okay, well, you should have one for your pet the same way that you have one for your human baby. And you will take your pet's temperature when they're feeling off because it's so much more cost-effective as well to do that before taking them to the vet. Hi, I'm Tori Mystic, and you're listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast, the only show dedicated to supporting women in all areas of the pet industry. We're kicking off the new year with a conversation I had with Daniela Morgan Pascual-Vaca, one of the key people at Mella Pet Care. I got to know Mella while speaking on a panel about influencer marketing for Leap Venture Studio last year. I also connected with the Mella team in person at SuperZoo in August. And I thought this interview would be the perfect conversation to share in January because Mella is all about making it easier to keep your pet healthy so you can stick with those New Year's resolutions. Their first product launch is an underarm pet thermometer that integrates with a mobile app. I got the thermometer right after I met everyone in August, and I was able to use it a bunch of times on Bert and Lucy in September to establish a baseline healthy temperature for them. And I am so happy that I did that because when Bert wasn't feeling well in November and we had to go to the emergency vet, I was able to take his temperature before we went to the vet at home and have the peace of mind that he didn't have a fever that I knew there was something else that was wrong with him. So it was really helpful to me in that instance. In this conversation, Daniela also has a really great story about how she got involved with Mela, going from intern to chief of staff, which I know you will find very inspirational. She also hosts the podcast called The Mela Moment, which I'm excited to be a guest on next month. If you enjoy this conversation and you feel like you want to order an underarm pet thermometer for yourself, I have an affiliate link in the show notes for you. Daniela Morgan Pasquavaca is the chief of staff at Mela Pet Care. A 2022 graduate of the University of Chicago, she studied biology and economics and is en route to a deferred enrollment in an MBA program at University of Chicago's Booth School of Business. She joined the Mela team two years ago as an intern and has expanded her role to include responsibilities in all aspects of the business. Hey, Daniela. Hi, Tori. It's so nice to be on. Yeah, thanks for coming on my show. We've been talking a lot recently, uh, and I got to see you guys in person at SuperZoo back in August. Uh, and I'm a I'm a big fan of of what you're working on, but but just also everyone who works at Mela is so nice to talk to and be around. So yeah, I just like you guys. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's kind of funny then to hear you actually read out the bio that I kind of wrote when you know I was sitting at home at my desk alone, just like, this is a little bit about me. And so it's so funny to actually hear it out loud. <laughs> well, th- there you go. Now you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Um, so for people who are listening, who aren't familiar with Mela pet care, um, and kind of your, your premier signature product, um, maybe you could tell us about, um, what Mela does. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, so at Mellow Pet Care, we are creating an ecosystem of health monitoring devices for dogs and cats. And so you might know us from the world's first underarm thermometer. That was the very first product that we ever released. And so it is no longer a rectal thermometer. It goes right under the armpit. So that's, you know, the foreleg or the hind leg of a dog or a cat. And in 15 seconds, you get an accurate reading. And so we created that at first because we saw that as a pain point in veterinary medicine. We know that no veterinarian, no veterinary technicians, no pet parents want to take their pet's temperature in that manner. It's <laughs> uncomfortable. It's disruptive. It's really unsanitary, actually. And so we just created that and we said, here is a product that actually works. It has machine learning and an algorithm built into an app. So all you need is a smartphone with Bluetooth and the actual device and you get that accurate temperature. And so, that, yeah, that's where we first were born from. We are creating that ecosystem. So we have a few cool things coming down the line. We have a scale for an accurate body condition score, a tape measure, a smart food mat, a pulse oximeter, a cheap chip reader. We have a lot of things coming there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's where we really were just born from that idea of creating this smart device that would better pet parents and vets. Yeah, I've, I've had the opportunity to kind of play around with the thermometer. Um, and it's really cool. Like I never really thought of a thermometer, like, you know, everything these days is like smart, like syncs with an app. And like, I had a vacuum cleaner that synced with an app and I was like, why is my vacuum syncing? Why is this necessary? I don't think that was, but, um, with this, like, tell us a little bit about, about the app and like the machine learning part of it, because that seems to kind of just be over my head. <laughs> Yeah, of course. And this is actually a very frequent question we get is just, why do we need the app? And the reason we need the app is actually because without an app and without machine learning, an underarm temperature is not accurate. Unfortunately, that is just the way it is because pets have hair. They have, you know, whether it's hair or fur or they're hairless cats or, you know, they have long hair versus short hair or, you know, they're different breeds. It doesn't you know, depending on all of these characteristics, their temperature is going to be different. And so the reason why you need the app is to say, okay, let's input all of the characteristics of the pet. Let's say their breed, their age, their weight, their gender, their hair length. And this is how you get that accurate temperature. Because back in the day when we were creating this algorithm, well, like three years ago, we teamed up with Banfield Pet Hospitals and they gave us over a million pet records, which included all of these characteristics and then their temperature. And so each breed of dog and each breed of cat has a different baseline temperature. And, you know, all of these characteristics kind of change that about them. And so without the app, without saying that this is your pet and these are their characteristics, there isn't really a lot to go off of. And so that's why you get a very inaccurate temperature without the app. And so while we do have a really cool hardware little device, the brain of everything lives in that algorithm that takes into account everything and kind of pops out that perfect temperature for you. Wow. So cool. Yeah. Cause I guess I never really thought about it, but when you set up your account on the app, it asks you like what breed your dog is and maybe their age and some different things. Um, and I just kind of did it by default. Like I'm filling out a profile and I didn't really consider how much it would impact kind of the data and how it's processed. 
Right, right. And, you know, we get a lot of angry emails from customers who go, this doesn't work on me. And I'm like, yeah, you're a human. You know, it is designed for dogs and cats. That's where we got that machine learning. And, you know, we have our clinical trials ongoing at different veterinary universities that are looking at dogs and cats and are gathering data. And so it really is animal specific. And so, you know, if you pop it under your own armpit, I wouldn't really trust that measurement. You know, I would stick to your oral thermometer for yourself. So this is really, it is designed for your dog or cat. Okay. Well, I have a confession to make. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, like a month ago or, or back in September, um, I had COVID and what, before I tested positive, I was kind of a little symptomatic, um, but I wasn't, I was testing negative and my friend was like, you need to take your, t- take your temperature and see if um, you have a fever. And my human thermometer under the tongue was out of batteries and it had some special battery that I don't have at my house. And I was like, oh, Oh, I'm going to grab the Mela <laughs> and I stuck it under. I was like, Oh, but which dog's profile am I going to put it under? I, but you can go and delete, I guess, records too. Um, but yeah, I did use it to take my temperature <laughs> and it, um, I did not, I, it wasn't an elevated temperature. Um, so yeah, I guess it wasn't very accurate, but I did use it in a pinch. <laughs> You know, that's okay. I'll, I'll let that slide, especially since you didn't have the special batteries. But if you notice that it was very inaccurate, that's probably why. <laughs> well, and another interesting thing I have noticed, even with my two dogs being the same breed, Lucy just runs hot. Like she's always hot. Um, if she can go swimming in the snow in January, she will. Like she just loves to be in cold things because I think she's always hot. And Bert's the opposite. He is always kind of cold and he likes to snuggle and he likes to be under the blankets. And so um, in taking their temperatures and I I wanted to like build up like a baseline of data. So Mm -hmm. I was taking their temperatures like daily for a week or two. And Bert's was always just like a little bit lower than Lucy's um, because I guess he just runs cooler. But I think that's probably why it's important to do it yourself frequently enough so you know what's normal and abnormal for your particular pet. Exactly. Because different breeds do have different baselines, so do individual pets. And so it is that you you know you take it frequently. It doesn't have to be every day. This is not meant to be a chore, but you know even every week, every other week, every month just getting an understanding of what normal means to your pet. And so, you know, if your pet is just it's a normal day, you know, you haven't been spending outside time outside on a 100 degree day or you know you weren't out in the snow. If it's just a regular day, you can take their temperature and just yeah, build up that that back data of a baseline. And so then when your pet is feeling a little off and you're like, okay, I wonder, you know, why Lucy is so lethargic today, then you can take their temperature. And based on that old baseline, you can see if that deviates or not. So it really does kind of depend on your individual pet, which is why it's so important for each individual pet parent to have a thermometer and not just the vet. And so you can actually, you know, take a hold of your pet's health. Yeah, that's the perfect kind of um, segue to what I was just going to ask you was, you know, what's the difference between marketing this to pet parents versus vets? Um, Because I know you guys are selling to both kind of sides of the market. Um, And and what are the differences that you're seeing uh, in, in those two approaches? 
Yeah, so it definitely is very, very, very different. We first launched the veterinary version of this thermometer, and the value proposition for vets just makes sense to them because they're already taking a rectal temperature. That's part of what they consider to be an important vital sign. And so you already have these pets that are coming into the vet clinic who, unfortunately, after five minutes of being there, already have something up their butt. It's very <laughs> horrible. And so a lot of these vet clinics have just stopped taking temperatures altogether because they don't want to do that. Because as soon as you do that, you stress out the pet, you stress out the pet parent, you stress out the vet tech. And so the rest of the visit is just kind of spoiled from that moment. And so they just kind of nix that and they say, okay, we're not even going to try temperature, which is sad because it is a very important vital sign. It's, it's necessary to know a pet's temperature going into the vet clinic. And so, you know, we approached them and we said, okay, you're not doing this anymore, or you are, and you're unhappy with the rectal temperature. Here's something that you can do that is underarm. So it's fast. They won't even notice. And with the Bluetooth, it'll send it back to their health record. And so regardless of the patient management system they use, it'll go and it'll write directly without any errors. And so that was great. And so vets love it. Vets understand that you, you can pick up the phone, you can cold call any vet and they will know what you mean. The other side of things is the pet parents and the pet parents are a little bit harder because unfortunately, even though we are seeing this change in the way that pet parents take care of their pets and they are becoming a lot more proactive, there is still a lot of education that is missing there. And so the biggest question we always get is just, why does my pet even need a thermometer? You know, this doesn't make any sense to a lot of pet parents. And, you know, we were very taken aback at first because, you know, we're pet people and we're in the pet industry. And so to us, it was obvious. And so when we had all of these pet parents that clearly did not think it was obvious, we were confused. And so we kind of had to take this step back and go, why do people not get it? What are we not getting? And so now it's just kind of this thing where we really market it as, okay, well, you have a thermometer for your human baby. Every single parent that has a, a human child has a thermometer. This is just not even a question. And so we started saying, okay, well, you should have one for your pet the same way that you have one for your human baby. And you will take your pet's temperature when they're feeling off because it's so much more cost effective as well to do that before taking them to the vet. Because I know so many human pet parents who will take their kid's temperature if it's not a fever, they're like, okay, let's like, wait a second. If it is a fever, let's go to the doctor. Well, that's great because, you know, you're saving yourself the hassle of going to the doctor uh, in the middle of the night, you know, you're panicking. So the same thing should be said about your pet. You know, as soon as you walk into a vet clinic, you're already spending that $100 exam fee, regardless of whether there's a problem or not. And so even that, you know, you, you commuted to the vet clinic, you spent the money on the vet clinic, you are probably freaking out because you don't know what's going on with your pet. And so this is just kind of the first sign of defense. It's a calming agent, really, just to say, okay, take a breather, take your pet's temperature. If your pet's temperature is normal, all right, calm down. Like, wait a while, maybe wait until the next morning. And then if there's a fever, okay, yeah, maybe now is the time to go to the vet and there might be an actual underlying sign of an illness there. And so it really is just meant to be a tool that helps pet parents calm their nerves. So just as like a pet parent <laughs> listening to this, um, if they do have a temperature um, or an elevated temperature, it could be a sign of what? <laughs> 
honestly, any underlying illness. And so a fever is not good regardless. And so at that point, you would want to take your pet to the vet. And so it could mean anything from they did not react well to a vaccine. They, you know, they were spending too much time outside and, you know, they're just not having a good time cooling down. Yeah, it could be, you know, they ate something bad that at that point, the suggestion is to take them to the vet. Um, you know, because we do make these thermometers, but we're not the vets ourselves. And so while we could say, hey, there's a problem, we can't diagnose that exact problem. And so we just kind of um, sway the pendulum of like, yes, go to the vet or no, wait a second. Yeah. Well, and I can just imagine, like, I think someone's vet would be blown away if you walked in. (laughs) Like, (laughs) here's all the historical data of my dog's temperature. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I honestly, yeah, as a vet, like that would just be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you would know you would have your hands full with that pet parent, but you would have a lot of information to go Exactly. <laughs> Are you excited to grow your pet business this year? As we know, there is more to it than belly rubs and ear scritches. <laughs> you need to know how to get your brand discovered, communicate on social media, write compelling emails, and so much more. I took all of that into consideration when creating the 2023 Wear, Wag, Repeat Society curriculum. That's everything my monthly membership community gets to learn this year. We're kicking it off by planning 12 months of content using a hack I recently discovered on TikTok. In February, we'll work together for a social video challenge, just in time for YouTube's new monetization features. Then, in the following months, we'll learn about blogging, SEO, copywriting, and email welcome sequences. And that's just the first half of the year. I am seriously so pumped for this lineup. You can see the full schedule on my Instagram at wearwagrepeat. There are a few membership spots open by request right now. Just DM me for your special invitation or wait until open enrollment in February. Well, this is so fascinating. Thank you for kind of sharing all the technical stuff and the the product. Um, But I also want to ask you about yourself and how you got involved with Mela because you started working there as an intern um, when you were still working on your degree and and you've kind of grown in your role and like full steam ahead. Uh, And did you always know that you'd be in the pet industry or kind of how did you end up working there? I did know that I was going to be in the pet industry, but I thought it was going to be a little bit different. So when I was a kid and I think, you know, vets are similar when I was, you know, five years old, I said, I want to be a vet. And so that was always my dream was always vet school, vet school, vet school. In ninth grade, I started working at a vet clinic. And so I was there for four years. I evolved there as well. I went from being a you know volunteer that would mop the floors when I was 14 and had no idea what was going on to eventually you know, being a veterinary assistant that would help out with a lot more. And so I love that job. That was such a great job. And that job just kind of solidified the fact that I wanted to be a vet. You know, people were telling me, okay, try working at a vet clinic, see how it goes. And, you know, you probably won't like it. And so I tried it. I loved it. I said, yes, this is still what it is for me. Then I went to college and I started pursuing a degree in biology to go to vet school. 
And then about a year in, I kind of started taking business classes because I said, you know, entrepreneurship would be kind of fun because what if I want to be a vet and I want to actually have my own practice? And so I started doing both things. I was like, okay, I will major in business economics as well as biology. Like, this is great. I'll have the two tracks. Just casual double major. (laughs) Just a casual (laughs) double major. Don't mind me. (laughs) And then actually, so my second year of college, that's when I saw a an article actually or my mom actually sent me an article about the top pet startups in the U.S. at the time and she said hey this is kind of fun like look at what these people are doing and I saw one that was Mela in the article and without any context whatsoever just pulling this article off the internet I emailed them and I said Hey, you know, I go to the University of Chicago. I have experience in um, veterinary, the veterinary world. And, you know, I got some experience in econ. And I think about a day later, I got a call from my COO, Ben, and he said, hey, for whatever reason, I don't know how you stumbled upon us, but we happen to have a partnership with your university and we take interns from the university. And he said, uh, do you want to just work with us? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> Okay. I was like, is there an interview process? Is there something? He's like, no, no, no. You have the experience we want. Okay. Do you want to start tomorrow? And so it was just kind of the, this alignment of planets where I literally, my mom found this just random article on the internet and it led me to this job and I loved it. I was, yeah, I was an intern at first. So it was all part-time. I was doing a lot more of the research and some of the more, you know, administrative and logistical things that you do as an intern when you first start. But I loved it so much that I I kept staying on and I kept getting responsibilities as I grew and as I, you know, as I got older and as I learned more about the business and I started actually doing, you know, more fun things. Like I started the podcast, I started really doing things that I was interested in. And so then when I graduated back in June, I said, hey, I'm not going anywhere. Do you mind if I become chief of staff? And the team said, yeah, of course. And so now I'm full-time. I love full-time even more because you know how it is with school is like kind of throw a lot of projects to the side. It happened with the podcast. It happened with a few things where I was like, oh, we'll do it next week. I have midterms. But now that this is what I do full-time, I love it even more. And so honestly, when people ask me, what do I do? I, I don't know how to answer that question because it's honestly everything business related. So as soon as it's tech, as soon as it's, you know, actually making the product or the science, I'm out. I don't know that. But anything that's business, anything that's sales or PR or communications, that's me. And so I love it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's really just growing with the business. Well, first of all, I think you do an excellent job of explaining the science in because people need someone who can explain it in layman's terms. You know, like if you have someone who's super scientific explaining everything, sometimes people don't get it. So I think you do a phenomenal job, but that's, thank you. <laughs> that is such a fun story. I just, I love it. Like was, I've never heard of something that was more meant to be than that. I think so too. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's so awesome. And so you mentioned the podcast. Um, you are the host of the Mella Moment podcast. Um, and you you do some really awesome interviews um, with veterinarians, but all kinds of different people. Um, and so, you know, as a as a pet healthcare business, um, what does what what purpose does the podcast really serve for you? 
Yeah, so the podcast was really started as another side of the business because we realized that we were very hardware and software focused and we had nothing to do with education. And so we were pushing the thermometer and we were saying, look at how cool it's the apple of pet care. But when it came to actually educating pet parents about pet health, we really fell short there. And so it was a project that started from, hey, what if we talk to a wider audience just about general things? And so, you know, what it really is, is that it's independent of the product. I don't plug the product. I don't like talking about Mela, but I just kind of grab a lot of industry folk and I sit them down to have a fun conversation. And so it really just allows me to meet and talk to some of the greatest minds in the pet health industry in a very casual context where it's, you know, it's not as formal as saying, okay, let's, you know, grab a time in the calendar and let's talk business. But it's like, okay, let's talk about you and what you do. And then from there, what's awesome is that we have gotten a lot of leads. We have gotten a lot of partnerships and we've met so many great people that have become business oriented, but who were initially just a fun conversation. And so to me, it's really just for fun. You know, we don't bring the podcast itself brings in no money, (laughs) but it's, it's time consuming, but in a, such a fun way. And so what it really is, is just about talking to people and spreading education about pet health. And so now we have the side of the business that is hardware and software focused. And then we have the side of the business that is educational. And so that's where the Mellow Moment Pet Health podcast was really born from. Well, it makes sense because you said that kind of the pain point in selling to the pet parent market was that they're like, why do I even need to take my pet's temperature? So there. Yeah is obviously a huge gap, not just in temperature, but all kinds of stuff. Um, And so just anything that's kind of like raising the awareness of that, I think it will also, you know, raise the interest in the types of products that you guys are making. Exactly. Yeah. We think it goes hand in hand pretty well. Paw and paw, you might say. Paw and paw, of course. Wow. (laughs) What a missed paw opportunity. (laughs) Um, Just, you can rely on me for the pet puns. (laughs) So I, I actually love listening to your podcast and I like it because it's just, um, you, you have some really interesting people on and, and cover some really cool topics. Um, and a lot of it or not a lot of it, but some of it's techie. And so it's just, it's cool. So I wanted to ask you, um, because you guys, you've done over a hundred interviews, right? Or what number are you at? 78 came out yesterday. Oh, okay. But you've behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Oh, okay. Shh. Yes. <laughs> Have quite a large backlog. Yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you've got a stockpile. So you've talked to a lot of people. Um, do you have a, a favorite one that stands out as being like super interesting or just your favorite conversation? Okay, so while I can't say it's my favorite because, you know, you can't pick children as your favorite, the one that really came to mind, and it's actually cool because you did kind of briefly mention earlier about how we need people to kind of dumb down a lot of the science and make it easier for the general mind to understand. And so I thought about a conversation I had with Dr. David Haworth. This was episode number 73 that came out back in September. And the reason he stood out to me is because we had one of the most fascinating, perfect level of science conversations about cancer treatments in pets. And what I really love is that sometimes I do have podcasts where I don't know what's going on. And so I kind of follow a little bit more of a a strict, you know, question guideline because you know, I don't know enough to come up with my own questions on the fly. And so that happens sometimes when it's a wider level conversation about something I just don't have a background in. 
But Dr. David Howarth, a podcast, it ran over. It was longer than most of mine, but I did not want to cut it because it was just so fascinating about these, you know, cancer treatments that are evolving and, you know, what we're seeing in this evolution of science in such a good way of explanation. And so I really felt like I could have a conversation with him because it was that right level. You were to go and listen to any podcast episode, it should be that one, episode number 73. So if you know not a lot about pet health cancer treatments or, you know, cancer in general, that's absolutely a fascinating one. That's a great recommendation. And, and I, I think that that is a topic that needs to be explained um, kind of in layman's terms because so many people are going through it. It's, it, it's constantly evolving. I mean, um, what, an, what an interesting field. Um, but most of us are not going to understand <laughs> uh, the in-depth <laughs> terminology around it. So that's a great tip. I'm going to go listen to that. Hopefully I won't need his advice <laughs> for my own dogs. Um, fingers fingers <laughs> crossed. Not. Yeah, but it but it is good to always have an understanding of all of that stuff. Okay, now I know that you do not have a pet of your own. <laughs> and that's okay. We give you a pass because you've Thank been kind of you. busy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I thought it would be fun. I always ask people towards the end of the interview uh, about their pet and how they came into their life. But I thought it'd be kind of fun to ask you what your dream pet would be. Um, since you do kind of get to work around pets, you probably see a lot of them. Yeah, this is actually a really funny answer I have because it has nothing to do with pets that I have seen since being in the pet industry and everything to do with a dream pet that I had when I was like five years old. And so you're right, like right now, it's it's not the time, right? I just graduated college. I got my very first apartment on my own and I have a beautiful leather couch. So ooh, for now, <laughs> let's not touch that. And then I have a really lovely Afghan rug that's been in the family for you know decades. So right now is not the time for a pet. And so when I grow out of this apartment and I, I get another house or another apartment, what I want to do is really just go back to my roots as a child and get a border collie. And when I was a child, I was obsessed with the idea of a border collie. And I would write stories and it would be the stories of me as a child and this dog, and we would go on adventures. And so, you know, it would be the classic, like, oh no, we're at the beach and a tsunami is coming or a volcano erupted and it's up to the girl and the dog to save the day. And that's really just kind of stuck with me because I, you know, I don't write stories like that anymore. I, I <laughs> unfortunately kind of grew out of that, but the idea of having that companion dog, they're so smart, they're so lively, they're so energetic. So I, I think I might have to just kind of circle back there. So maybe give it another five, 10 years. But I think, you know, five-year-old, 10-year-old me is going to get my wish one day. This makes total sense to me because you have, you know, such an educational background and love to learn and so smart. And that's basically border calling. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are going to be just like geniuses together. Um, and that, that that makes total sense to me. I can see you at the border calling. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So I guess now you have to start asking the question is like, what breed of dog would you be? Yes. Yeah. Well, what breed of dog would you be a border collie? Well, see, I, I didn't even think about that. I guess so. You know, I've never really kind of sat down to wonder what breed of dog I would be. But since you offer that, I'm going to start saying that. And I'll cite you. I'll give you credit. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. For the for the wacky off the wall question that makes everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> you yeah. like, Corey came up with that one. 
<laughs> like, don't worry, guys. It didn't. It wasn't my brainchild. <laughs> I think. Um, I always, I always say, like, if you know, when people are like, "Can you be any dog or any animal?" I always say, like, my old dog Lola is who I would want to be. Um, but that's, I mean, that's just so specific because I love her. She's got such a spot in my heart. Um, so I, I wonder if most people would say the breed that they have. I don't know. Huh. That's a great question. I don't know. I'm definitely not the right person to ask. No. We have to put out a poll out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll do a very scientific study about it um, coming <laughs> soon from Wagger Pete and Mella Pet Care. <laughs> um, <laughs> so before we have to go here, Daniela, tell everyone where can they learn more about Mella? And you have the thermometer out, but you have more things coming. So where can people go to learn about it all? Yeah, the best place just to either purchase a thermometer or, you know, get on that list to learn about the other products is www.mella.ai. So that's Mella spelled M-E-L-L-A dot A-I. And the podcast just recently got its very own LinkedIn page. And so if you go to LinkedIn and search up the Mella Moment Pet Health Podcast, we show up. And so those are the actually probably the two best places. You can follow us on social media. Everywhere is just Mella Pet Care. Uh, we try to exist on all platforms as best as possible. But yeah, that's Mella Pet Care. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing your story. This was such a fun interview. Um, and I hope everyone has time to check out what you're working on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tori. It's been so much fun. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode. Send me a note on Instagram at wherewagrepeat or find even more women petpreneurs to connect with in our private Facebook group called Where Wag Repeat Labs. If you want to dig into more episodes, resources to grow your business, or find a link to something we discussed, it is all right there for you at wherewagrepeat.com. I'll see you back here next Wednesday for a fresh conversation. 